Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer, two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. Well, hello, people. Welcome back to the Spice Life Podcast with myself, Tanner Wilshaw, and angry Luke Spicer. I am angry today. <laughs> this has been a crappy couple of weeks. I got chirped off in my own house this morning. It's because you won't shut up. Well, it is your house, but hey, this is the studio, so this isn't your house anymore. This is our <laughs> space now. It's not your space. Well, I'm just going to warn you. You need to say space That'll be the, the first and the last time that that happens. <laughs> First, you apologized to Hakeem yesterday because you're scared of him. I will say that I, the only reason I apologize to Hakeem is because he's a real guy and he's not a piece of shit. Yeah, that's true. So this really sucks because we had Hakeem on yesterday. As you guys know, we normally release the podcast on Tuesdays and you're going to hear this today and go, it's freaking Wednesday. You guys are late. We had some huge technical difficulties yesterday. We got uh, we did an interview with Michael Short from Dakota Boxing uh, Promotions. He also does some K1 shows, and that was the podcast we were going to release, but we needed to do a little uh, little talk first, and we did the Hakeem, the Hakeem one, and we found out that the computer didn't record it. So, unfortunately, yeah. we, got, uh, we got Hakeem coming back hopefully tomorrow um, to, to do that one, and we'll release that one. You know, Here's hoping week. because I yeah. have the best intro for his podcast ever. So yeah, it'll be cool. Well, that'll be good because, like, to be honest, between uh, all the crap happening at my house and then this happening, I'm um, I'm I'm normally pretty happy or sad, but now I'm angry. Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm not I'm not in a good mood today. So. You're starting to break bad here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you go in Monday. I have a flat tire on the SUV nurse at home get in the house fill up the fill up the the tire get in the house furnace is broken <laughs> fix the furnace today i gotta work grinder like truck won't start well's broken at the shop like if it could go wrong it went wrong and now here we are um you know he Akeem couldn't come on today till later which won't work so now we're gonna have to figure that out and um you know, whatever it is, what it is. Let's let's stop whining because nothing happens when you whine except for more headaches. Well, on the bright side of your furnace breaking, at least you had that heat blanket. Yeah, that was good. I actually said <laughs> that too. I said to Tammy, I was like, I'm just gonna snuggle up in bed and and just have a, have a nap till the furnace guy comes. She goes, You could use your heat blanket. <laughs> yeah, if you were real cold, you could have put on your sauna suit with a sweatsuit on top of that, and yeah. then got under that heat blanket. That'd have been good. It didn't stink. I was glad the heat blanket doesn't stink, actually. It did you didn't. wash the sauna suit? Yes, oh, I did. Ugh. Yeah. So disgusting. Yeah, I did. I washed it in the washing machine, hung it up to dry. You put it in the washing machine? Yeah, you can plastic. Cold, cold water. Oh, it's fine? Yeah. Well, I'm going to do I that to so. mine now, then. Yeah, I think it's okay. I haven't washed mine since the last time I cut weight. Ooh, gross. So. I actually looked at the pile of clothes today and realized that cause I had a clean sweater thrown over top of my bag from the fight, and I went... Ooh, I haven't washed anything from the fight two weeks ago, actually. And then I think there's still good Tammy lasagna sitting in a container in my bag. That'll be disgusting. Oh, not in the fridge? I was going to say, if it's in the fridge, I'll eat it. From two weeks ago? Yeah, why not? It was good. 
It is good, but we ate it all except for that one little sliver that I took to the fights. Because I warmed it up to take to the fights because I was going to eat it, and then I, I didn't actually yeah. eat it. I just uh, I thought, well, you know what? I feel pretty good, and if I eat... so Yeah. yeah. So on uh, Saturday, we had a shit ton of fights that happened. There was a UFC card mm-hmm. where uh, Max Holloway beat Anthony Pettis. Yes. And there was also Glory. Yeah. Where Tiff Timebomb... Decided that she was going to beat the shit out of two girls and win the title. Yeah. So it was good. I didn't see the pay-per-view portion of it, but I did see Tiff Timebomb's fight from the pay-per-view. Oh, the... the, Which it was good, yeah. For the final? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there was Rico Verhoeven versus... Badahari. Badahari. I don't even know who won that fight. I don't actually know either. I think it was... I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I I was gonna watch it, but we were out on the weekend too. But I don't watch fights. You know that. I'm just kidding. I was actually surprised that you didn't watch the because you're a K1 guy. I watched the I watched the undercard, but I was out that night and I uh, I, I did some. Search. I I can't even remember off the top of my head. I don't remember who won. I did look at it. The, the 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 first round was like insane. Yeah. Whoever won, it was I think it was over in the second round. But, I thought it was over in the first round, but uh, somebody sure. got hurt. Yeah. I know that much. Yeah. Cause, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a TKO due to doctor stoppage because it was a knee or something. Somebody broke their arm. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That yeah. sounds like a Badahari thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, also on December 9th, we had our podcast guest, Ryan James. He fought in the UFC, made his, his UFC debut. He won a three-round decision, mm-hmm. which was probably one of the better fights on that card. He's the highest paid guy in the UFC to never fight. One hundred percent. Because he got paid. Didn't he get two two show show two, shows, yeah. two show purses yeah. for both times, and his opponents got got uh, pulled out last minute or whatever happened, right? So so the one guy tested positive for every steroid on the planet. Sweet. So he had uh, clembuterol, trend, so a whole bunch of shit. Androlone, like he was so swole up on steroids, it wasn't even funny. And then the second one, he was supposed to fight an Asian fella. I don't remember his name, but uh, that whole fight guard, that whole fight yeah, guard got canceled card. in Manila. Yeah. So congratulations to Ryan James on that on that first UFC win, and I'm sure that he'll be off to bigger and better things after that. Yeah, he fought awesome. a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. So um, today we got we got Michael Short from Dakota, like we mentioned, and the way this came up was. Um, uh, I had got Michael had, had actually texted me on Monday night to see if I would fight um, on one of his shows coming up in in the early New Year in 2017, um, probably in February in Calgary, and he told me the opponent's name and and I was like, yeah, 100%. I got offered that fight uh, a year ago, but I, I was hurt, so I, I turned it down. And um, we're just waiting, working on details, so we can't talk about everything yet because nothing's confirmed. But yeah. he kind of mentioned some tentative dates, and he's gonna have. Four, four shows this coming year and um, so that's how this came up because I thought well hey we should get you on the podcast and talk about some some stuff in the show and right away he's like well I can't talk about the show that, that I'm talking to you about and I, said, well, <laughs> I get that but it's, we can just we can you know skirt around it a little bit and, and still talk so yeah. we get him on and, and um, I, I've seen a lot of videos of their shows like clips and different stuff and, and they seem to put on some pretty cool cool fight cards good good venues they're they're um, you know, a lot of bells and whistles with the promotion and, yeah. and how they come out. And the one thing I really enjoy is that 
you know, like lots of promotions, right? If you're the main event or, you know, co-main event, you get a lot of the airtime and publicity and on the on the social media side there. They, they talk those guys up. And basically, yeah. unless you're a local celebrity or, or, or something, most promoters don't actually talk much about anybody other than their main event, you know. And, and these guys seem to really showcase kind of everybody on the card. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, you get your own poster. Yeah, I heard that. That's pretty neat, yeah. too. I actually saw that from Havoc because they had reprinted some posters, and I meant to grab one because I knew that they had printed the one with me and Markel on it. Yeah. It was up that night, and I meant to grab one, and I, I forgot. So. Somebody's probably got one of those yeah. booting around somewhere. I'll just put it in the box with all the belts and stuff that I don't care about. I looked at that, belt, that kickboxing belt you got framed. What a piece of shit. Yeah, they're not that great. That's another reason why I don't really care to have them all like displayed. They're It'd not... be cool to put them all in a cabinet because then they might look like bigger than they're supposed to look because they're fucking tiny. Yeah, they're heavy though. They're all like solid silver and stuff. Are they? Yeah. Or you might be able to yeah. pawn them off and get some money then. Yeah, I could do that. Melt them down. Make make some chains. Yeah. Silver chains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, because I thought, like, because you, you said North American title. Yeah. So... Immediately when I think of like a title belt, I think of something like yeah, like a kickboxing belt. I the glory one comes to mind because mm-hmm. it's it's big, right? Then I looked at that thing. I was like, I got bigger belt buckles in my underwear drawer than that. Yeah, the only thing of the WKA because that's what it is, right? Is yeah, all their belts are the same. Like oh, whether you win a Western Canadian title, Eastern Canadian, Western U.S., U.S., North American Canadian, like they're all this, they're all the same style, and they just say something different on them right like yeah they're the the main thing i think is i don't even know if it's i have to look at them i don't know if it's etched or if it's like the you know what i mean like how, how it's poured and cast i don't know if it says anything different or if it's only says it with the etching like i know I they laser etch close. it in there yeah um you know they always put the who who is fighting yeah. kind of thing which is cool because i mean it's a, it's a trophy right i mean that's how they they do it, so you get it, you get it, you keep it at the end, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you won that match because you've got the belt. So, it, did they frame it for you, or did, did no, you? No, I did that. that. I, I, my brother-in-law actually, uh, ex, well, ex-brother-in-law, like he, he's a manager over at Michaels, and he's like, hey, you know, we do this stuff. We want to get more sporting stuff. Um, bring over one of your belts. We'll, we'll frame it for you. But the deal is, you got to leave it up on the store wall for a year. I was like, "Yeah, whatever, sure." You can give me a free. Yeah, you're not going to wear frame. that around the house anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never wore any of those belts other than when they put it on the ring after. It's like, hey, yeah, I don't none of that stuff really mattered to me. You know, it was kind of like, uh, yeah, one, and that was it. I, I'm not going to wear it around. Like, I kind of laugh. I mean, they are nicer belts, but you know, you see on social media after. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call Grayson out a little bit here and bug him, but he's taking a lot of pictures with that belt, which is which is good. I get it. Going it's a nice belt. It is a nice belt, but he's like got it on and all these pictures, but he's like yeah. straight up wearing it like like a regular belt, you know, going to all these different different venues and stuff. Yeah, it's I'm more like, of a belt carrier, yeah, as opposed to a wearer. Yeah, but whatever. Like he's the he's the heavyweight champion and do your thing oh yeah no i just but what i mean is that it's like you know it, it's neat to see like you know getting getting all these photo shoots and going around with the sponsors and taking pictures and yeah. doing all that stuff but it's it's just kind of he's uh, doing what he should be doing with exactly it. yeah totally um it I looks just, it looks funny though to like speaking as a fighter it looks funny to me like i felt like a complete jackass running around havoc at the weigh-ins with that belt as I'm trying to leave because I was bringing it back for the podcast. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But everybody's like, oh, is that your bomb? I'm like, no, I'm just fucking holding on to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you should have just kept that thing. You shouldn't even got it back. Should have made Ryan come over and do an interview, and then he could have had it. Well, that wasn't even Ryan's belt. Oh. So I'm going to I'm gonna rat Havoc out here real quick. But uh, So the black belts with the black leather, they're the pro belts. Okay. That belt's a white belt. Oh. Which is an amateur title. Ooh. And I don't think it matters at the end of the day. It doesn't say pro or, or amateur on it. But Crystal Fantasy has the amateur heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. And it was white. Oh. Chris Chapman has the 155 title. And that's white because it was amateur title. Grayson's is white too. It was a pro fight though. But Grayson's belt that he got is white. You just said the yes. the pro the pro belts are black. Yeah. They didn't have another black belt. <laughs> oh, that's the same. Like, oh, so that's the Well, then I don't think it really matters. It probably just depends no. on how they got it made then. I actually like the white belt better than the black one. Yeah. I think it looks cool. I never even noticed the black one. I always thought it was white. <sighs> Whatever. Who cares? It's a belt. He's got the belt. Hopefully mm. he can. I, I've heard a rumor that he's going down to 205, though. So there might be a vacant heavyweight title again. Hmm. So, I what did Grayson weigh in for that fight? 220, 214, oh, yeah. something so like that. Could, yeah, it's yeah. easy cut. Wow. He, did, he doesn't... I, well, I know Grayson from five or six years ago when I lived in the Kootenays, or not the Kootenays, but the Okanagan. I used to sell him supplements at a store called Naturally Fit. Mm-hmm. When he was coming into that store, he was fighting at 205 and not cutting weight. Mm-hmm. So, well, there you go. I don't know. Cool. I don't know why he's so big. I'm not going to make any accusations or about anything but uh he 205 is probably his weight class i think he could make 185 he'd be like a monster at 185 exactly uh-huh. <laughs> but Crazy. stay the fuck out of my division yeah that's all i'm saying that'd be fun to watch you guys fight whatever <laughs> if, if i'm completely honest i don't mind that fight mm-hmm. i like grace i think he's a nice guy but uh I fought lots of nice guys, and yeah. it doesn't matter. So you know, most of these guys. I like Grayson because he's a real respectful guy. Yeah, you know, he just he just comes, he just trains, he likes to fight, and and, and he throws down, and he puts yeah. on exciting fights. And I mean, you know, there's no, you know, he's not he's not one of these guys that runs around half cocked with a with an attitude. He's just there to do business, and then he's gone. And I, well, I got respect for a lot of those guys. So I'll be honest, uh, uh, anybody that knocks down Crystal Fantasy, I'm probably going to be worried about a little bit. He hits hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, it's, uh, he's getting married in in June, so he won't be on the next Havoc card, actually. So, congratulations to Grayson getting married at some point. Mm-hmm. June. There you go. Yeah. Sweet. What do you got coming up then? Just this Dakota thing, hopefully. Yeah, that'll be February. Hopefully, that's the that's well, that's where I'm shooting my my sights on. So, once he yeah. gets everything uh, confirmed and we get some contracts and we can actually talk about the rest of it. But, um, yeah, that'll be the next thing, February. Um, so, I met with Pat today and, um, you know, Gary, everybody else. I got, I had, <laughs> I don't know if you saw on Facebook, I went for physio yesterday. Tammy put like, I don't know, 10 needles in each foot. Like, Did you cry? Oh, no, I didn't cry, but it's painful. Like, <laughs> 
it wasn't just acupuncture it was like whatever she did was to like release all these um oh you know spot like it's super painful i just I broke out in sweats really like yeah it it's bad should have done that to cut weight oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as they're in there though you can feel like my whole foot just start to like settle down and, and feel good and then huh. you know 50 minutes later whatever she comes and pulls them all out which then they hurt again. Then they're bleeding from everywhere. getting pulled out. Yeah, then they're bleeding because it's like doing the trick or whatever like that. Right? Did what it's supposed to do, and then she starts to like you know, like she she worked on my feet first, right? Did did a bunch of physio on them and, and pulled, and then um, she released a bunch of like there's a lot of my toes and stuff and bones in my feet were like impacted. So then they were able, she was able to release them because the swellings come out now. Yeah. And then she did all this 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 treatment or whatever, and then. She she kind of you know worked on my feet again, but like it wasn't even sore anymore because it like now stuff's like lined up properly and they're not you know they're not swelling up and and, and whatever. But I can't remember what she said. There's thirty there's thirty three bones and joints or tendons in your in your foot, right? It's all connected. And on fight night, right? I I injured twenty five of them. So no wonder my foot was so swollen. And then I'm like, so I should stop hitting with my foot. And the the thing, the the biggest injury from from that fight though was from checking. I checked too high, right? Yeah. He, he kicked me in the foot a couple times as I was as I was checking, and then smashing like kicking his thighs and stuff with my feet isn't what hurt it. It, it was it was the it was the checking. Yeah. Um. You know. So it was when he hit me and I checked, and and he hit me in the foot a couple times. That's that's what did it. Not not anything else. So. We were joking around at the gym last night about your fight, actually, because Markel's back in the gym. Yeah. And you're not. Huh. So we're, I was like, yeah, Luke won the battle, but I think Markel might have won the war, so he's back in the gym. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? It I was also, a joke, so don't get angry. I'm not, angry, I'm not angry. I'm already angry, but I'm not angry about that. <laughs> no, I uh, honestly, I... I probably could have been at the gym sooner if I wouldn't have ate so much crappy food that caused extra inflammation. What'd you eat? I had a four liter tub of ice cream last Woo! week. Woo! Yeah, yeah. What kind? Stuff. Well, from the little ice cream shop, peanut butter, chocolate, and um, pralines and caramel. Or pralines and pralines cream. and cream? Yeah, half and half. So you're an ice cream guy, huh? Oh, yeah, I love ice cream. Nothing else? No, I did have some popcorn. You like popcorn? I don't mind popcorn. Yeah. Popcorn's not even that bad for you. As long as you don't put the, the shit car- on it. It is when it's the caramel cheddar, like, uh, Chicago mixed oh. <laughs> popcorn. Yeah, really that's bad. bad. Yeah. No, I had a meeting with Pat today, too. We were talking about stuff. But basically, I mean, you know, I, like, you know, when I stopped drinking four and a half years ago, I didn't actually deal with the reasons why I drank. I just stopped drinking, and then I turned to food. So, like, when I'm stressed out, I still just eat crappy food instead of drinking, right? So, yeah. um, when I'm not training for a fight... I'm usually not able to uh, deal with stuff the same way, right? When I'm training, I'm focused. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm training instead of eating crappy food. So I'm still yeah. stressed, but I'm still not dealing with things that bother me. I just, you know, turn to the gym instead, right? So if I'm stressed, I'll go for a run or I'll go lift weights or I'll hit stuff. So um, when I can't train for that week, then I'm like stressed that I'm eating crappy because I can't work out. It's just it's a vicious cycle. So you're a stress eater. I'm a stress eater. Yeah. So if you're stressed out, what's the first thing you go for then? Yeah. Other than ice cream. Anything I can see. Really? Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> at the house, it'll be, you know, whatever. I don't know, chocolate chips or 
maybe some of the kids, uh, you know, snacks or, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't anything. even keep that shit in the house. Well, I, I probably shouldn't either because then I, I eat it when it's there. But Like, uh, for my kid, uh, we usually do, like, Fridays is cheat day here. So we'll order pizza or some kind of crap and then we'll go to the max. I ate pizza three times last week. Holy Hannah. I haven't ate pizza in probably a year. What kind of pizza? Panago meat lovers. Polished off. Oh, one you of go to Panago, eh? Just, just... Friday night we had game night, me and the son and, and his buddy. So yeah. we ordered pizza. I ate, I ate like three quarters of a pizza. Then then Saturday we went out to the game, and I was like, "Okay, I'm not ordering pizza at the box. I'm just gonna like." Oh, you're in a box. Pizza. Yeah, so I'm like, just gonna get some good some good food, like you know, yeah. vegetables, whatever. No pizza, no pizza. Then Tammy and I went out for dinner first. We went to that um, Roosters. Oh, was it good? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> And uh, she's like, their burgers are really good. I'm like, I go for a burger and, and, and a salad or something. I'm like, oh, they got, like, fire, like, burned or whatever, like, oven-roasted pizza. Fire-roasted pizza, fire yeah. And I was like, ooh, pizza. Meat lover's pizza. I was like, I didn't order pizza for the game, but then I ate it. Marked had a Had a half pizza there, and then I ate it the next day. Jesus. Right, leftover, so. Stupid. I'm a Papa Murphy's guy. Oh, yeah. I like or deep Papa dish. John's or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. Yeah, I like. I don't get the deep dish. I get the thin crust. I always get thin crust too because I know that that's my way of justifying eating pizza. Because I'm like, it's thin crust, so it's good right? for me. <laughs> we do it on Fridays, and then we go down to Max, and I'll let Lexi pick out a treat or something like that. But other than that, there's no there's no fucking sugar in the house either, Kevin. You dick. <laughs> We don't keep any of that white terrorist fucking ISIS Osama bin Laden sugar in the house. ISIS sugar in the house, yeah. Kevin loves his ISIS sugar. Yeah. If you if you guys know Kevin Ramirez, he's the uh, the the head coach for Empower. He's a vision vision a sports vision coach. He's good at it. But Jesus Christ, is he ingests a lot of sugar? Like we're talking. I gave him a cup of coffee, like not a Tim Hortons cup of coffee. This motherfucker puts three heaping tablespoons of sugar in his coffee. He thinks it's good for him. Yeah. When he has diabetes, I'm going to say I told you so. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I got. I got nothing. I don't. I don't know. That's Luke's vision coach. I. I enjoy. I, <laughs> I, I. When. When he was letting me. Well, letting me. When he's telling me to eat ice cream and all this stuff at the house and whatever, I was like, Yeah, I got to get him working with Pat so we can adjust this nutrition plan that I'm. You know, for the next fight camp. And yeah. Then, and then he even says, he's like, I'm no expert. This is Kevin. He goes, now, if you want a six-pack, you should probably talk to Pat. But if you want performance, you should you should talk to me or whatever. Performance like, for it, what? Uh, well, I don't know. But Puking it, in the toilet? Oh, man. You know, I, I made it through, like, the whole the whole weekend with drinking orange juice and not eating much. And Yeah. But, You're yeah. only a pound up when you came back. Yeah. But if I did that for... Every day. A week? Yeah, I don't know. I don't pounds. know, Kevin. You might be able to perform a lot better if you traded some of that ISIS sugar for a banana and an apple once in a while. Yeah, like, I'm all for, like, natural ways to ingest sugar. Honey. Uh, fruit. Yeah. Shit like that. You can bring over that fucking terrorist sugar. Get out of here. Mm, yeah. But, uh. Actually, in, in Vegas at the Hard Rock, this restaurant, 35 steak they got, they, if you order coffee... They give you 14 packets of sugar? No, you get, like, I, I mean, <laughs> I just drink black coffee. In it, and it's mostly, like, at first I drank it because I wanted to cut out the sugar. This was years ago when I was first losing all that weight. And I found out how much, you know, I cut it out, yeah. the sugar and stuff. It helped me drop even more weight, right? So, um, and now I just, I enjoy black coffee. Like, I like the flavor of it. But anyway, there, they, they bring out, you know, your sugar is, like, on this little little stick. And it's all, like, crisp. It's like the rock 
rocks uh, oh, sugar, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like melted on, so it's like this little stir Ooh, stick. Sick. Yeah, but it's like you just put it in the co- and it melts, so then you can like you know, chew it. Oh, it's like yeah. I never eat sugar, but there I am like sucking off these little things. And we were down there the last time. It was it was right in the middle of a, a fight I'm, camp. I'm just gonna say if you say sucking off little <laughs> things in my presence again, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> Dude, look bad. Should have seen the the view of it. Um, <sighs> Anyway, better introduce and get on here with uh, Michael Short, or else you guys will be listening to us for way too long today and might not like that. Yeah, just real quick, I'll be returning to action in June or May uh, at Havoc FC. Apparently the gentleman that they want me to fight doesn't want to fight me, so don't be a fucking pussy. Sign the dotted line and I'll take your fucking head off, you bitch. Ooh, there you go. Hey everybody, welcome to the Spice Life Podcast. Today we got Michael Short from Dakota on. Hey Mike. How you doing guys? Good, how are you? Thanks for taking some time today to come on and talk with us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. What's new and exciting? Well, you know, we're just uh, looking over our past year, setting up things for 2017, seeing what we want to do. Our last show in Pole Lake was a huge success, and uh, we added in the addition of um, amateur K1 style kickboxing matches, and it was a huge hit. So I think um, we're going to do that again in 2017. Oh, really? Nice. How many people did you have at the show? We had almost a sellout crowd, so it was uh, uh, just over a thousand people, and great turnout. Great set of fans up in Coal Lake, real loud, and it was an electric evening, so really nice. Cool. How many fights did you have? Eight fights total, four pro boxing matches, and four amateur uh, K1-style kickboxing matches. Cool. Where were the fighters from? You know, we had a team from Calgary out of Dynamic MMA. They were the... uh, the uh, guys traveling in and they fought all of the local guys so one kid uh, uh, Caleb Varner came out of um, Bonneville and the other three fighters came out of uh, Cold Lake cool who, who was your headliner for that event uh, Rob Nichols he's the current Canadian Cruiserweight champion and he was in a non-title fight against uh, a longtime journeyman and Michael Walchuk, he's challenged for, I think, about five titles in his career. He's got a 50-50 record, but obviously, you know, if you saw the performance, uh, he shows that he's a lot better than his record shows. Cool. How many shows do you typically do in a year, Mike? You know, uh, Dennis Herman and I, we got together in 2015. Um well, we've been together longer than that, but, you know, planning and stuff. But uh, 2015, we did two shows. 2016, we did two. And uh, we're looking to double that in 2017. So we think oh. four to six shows in, uh, next year. Nice. Cool. Um, is the K1 kickboxing going to be a regular thing now? You know, I like it. it, it it's exciting. It's dynamic. Uh, even the debut kids, they look like professionals. And I think I'd like to uh, definitely uh, build something. Uh, a lot of these young guys, they're not fighting very often. And, you know, the busier you are, the more action it creates uh, in your career, but also helps uh, um, promote the sports and get other kids involved. So 
you know, whether they're in boxing or kickboxing, I like them both. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to continue doing it and just be one more avenue that these guys can fight on. One hundred percent. I'm an MMA guy, and I've been offered boxing fights in the past, and I've never took them. But if somebody were to offer me like a K1 fight on a boxing card, I'd be more likely to do that. So I think that that's a really cool idea. Yeah, you know, we do it up Dakota style, so uh, everybody gets their day in the sun. So it, it's not just the main event guy that gets highlighted. You know, we uh, we highlight everybody, even the, the first fight on the show. They get their own individual poster. Uh, the prizes that we give out are really cool prizes. You know, up in Gold Lake, we gave out leather championship-style belts. Oh. And uh, this first event coming up uh, in 2017, just, ooh, we're bringing something really cool in. So wait till you see... Uh, the prizes for that it's going to be pretty fantastic now are your shows broadcast live on tv you know we were doing fight network and uh we just didn't see uh the benefit to doing that so we cut down on our production just the part where you know we're not streaming it uh or cutting it and sending it to fight networks so that saved us thousands of dollars by doing that uh the fans don't know that we cut down on production because it's still lights cameras uh and action going on but uh, you can't tell uh, we reduce production, but uh, it's literally only because we have no intention to send it back to Fight Network. Okay, because I did watch one of your cards on there. It was uh, Ryan Mahan versus Matt Krako. Yeah, yeah, Wait, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed December it. December fifteen, we had that. Yeah, that was a good card. Yeah, it was really good. So you know, uh, Rob Nichols, that's where he won the Canadian title. It was uh, a call out from October uh, via video by the current champion Frank White and. You know, it worked in his favor. He got the title, and uh, he defended it successfully in June of oh. 2016. Nice. Good for him. Um, have you guys had any female boxers on any of your cards yet? Any what, sorry? Any female boxers. Yeah, we had uh, uh, up-and-comer Sheena Kane fight uh, first female bout. She's undefeated now, 4-0, out of Edmonton. And she fought a gal uh, in Chris Berry. She's actually... Uh, jiu-jitsu girl i think she's done mma possibly but she's had a few boxing matches and she's been in tough every single fight that she's ever had she fights prospects and she goes to their hometown and she fights them so she's actually a pretty tough girl but you know she hasn't caught a break yet in, in pro boxing what's her weight uh they fought at about 138 so you know junior welterweight uh, sheena kane is pretty much a, a 135 to 140 uh, uh boxer and, you know, tough thing with the women, though, is they have to be prepared to fight probably between three weight classes just to stay active and stay busy. <laughs> yeah. Because there's yeah, not enough yeah. people, not enough women. Yeah. Well, we have uh, Stephanie Asenza at our gym, and she's boxing now. Yeah, I know Steph. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's legit. <laughs> Any interest in getting her on one of your cards? Oh, for sure. We actually... Uh, we tried to put her on uh, on a past event, and it didn't work out with the weights and stuff, but I uh, would love to have her. You know, she's a uh, uh, tough thing with her is uh, uh, she's a southpaw, and she can fight, and so she's always going to be matched, you know, pretty stiff, but, um, you know, she's got enough experience from kickboxing and MMA, you know. I, I saw her knock down, uh, uh, what's her name, Lindsay Garbat in an MMA match, uh, dropped her with a straight right hand, and, you know, uh, she forced Lindsay to actually become the grappler in that match uh, because she was out striking her. Yeah, Lindsay's tough as nails. Yeah. Awesome. Where now? 
Where do you typically hold your shows, Mike? In Calgary, we've been going at the Genesis Center in the Northeast. It's a world-class arena. They've got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar AV system, and then when we come in and we add the lights for boxing, and you know we run four cameras when we when we shoot, uh, it looks spectacular in there. It, it's like a Las Vegas level of entertainment. So, Genesis Center, uh, you know, really nice building. It only holds about fifteen hundred, and we've come close to filling it actually. Wow, nice. You ever thought about putting MMA fights on those cards? I've thought about it, but if we do, we're going to be in the ring. Um, we've actually uh, toyed with the concept of possibly doing uh, uh, all three uh, disciplines in one evening. So uh, two or three MMA fights, uh, uh, a few K1 style kickboxing fights and pro boxing. And we could put together 10 or 12 matches, uh, some amateur, some professional, and uh, you know, do a, a combination show. Uh, I, I did a combination card a couple of years ago with Mike Miles. Um, we co-promoted. He took care of the Muay Thai and kickboxing fights, uh, amateur, and there is one pro. And uh, I took care of the boxing matches, and it, it was a good turnout. You know, it was really nice, and the two audiences were not used to each other, but they stuck around for both events. They they really enjoyed it. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. I was gonna say it's definitely a different fan base for for boxing, kickboxing, and then especially MMA. Yeah, if you notice too on uh, all of our Dakota shows, we've always had a couple uh, MMA guys fight against each other in boxing rules. And, you know, right back to October, we had uh, Ryan Ford on our show, um, as you mentioned, uh, Tanner, with uh, uh, Matt Krako and uh, uh, Ryan Mahan. And now there's actually a call out, you know, uh, Matt Krako won his last fight on the Havoc show and he's called out Ryan <laughs> to fight for that. Uh, that belt of his uh, up in Havoc at 170, so we'll see if that materializes. It'd be nice. Unfortunately, it never will. No, okay. no the, the Ryan has too much experience in MMA. Okay. I told Krako I'd fight him, but he won't fight me. At, uh, <laughs> boxing or kickboxing? Kickboxing. Okay. Now, I told Jesse, I said uh, I'd fight him at 185 again, but I don't know what'll happen. We'll see. Yeah. You never know. What's coming up on the horizon for you guys? You know, we're uh, looking to book a date here in Calgary for February. So we're thinking uh, a tentative date is February 18th, and uh, we want to have, uh, uh, again, the K1-style kickboxing with the pro boxing matches. And okay. Might cool. be a championship-level match for the main event. But Oh, nice. Yeah. Dakota-style all the way, so it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be grand any, any way we cut it. Could you explain to us what uh, separates you from the other promotions like KO Boxing? Well, yeah, a huge part of it is, you know, everybody just has a fight card. We, we have a brand we're developing, and uh, our shows have purpose from one to the next. Um, we introduce the fighters. We, we, uh, we tell you who they are and why they're fighting, and they have purpose, that storylines that carry on from one show to the next. And nobody else has that. They bring in a new batch of fighters, and they say, here's John Smith versus Harry Jones. Um, throw them in the ring. I hope you like these guys, and I hope it works <laughs> out. Uh, another thing is the matchmaking. You won't see any comical mismatches on our show. Um, we don't put in a five foot two guy versus a six foot three guy and, you know, have something that, that fans are giggling at and laughing at. There's no, you know, mismatches. So, sure, fights can end in the first round in, in a fight, but... Um, they're always uh, going in. They're they're good quality matchups. <laughs> well, that's cool. 
that's one thing too even with amateurs right if you've got a couple amateurs that are the very similar skill level they still put on a good fight oh for sure up in cold lake those uh, even those debut kids they they look like professionals uh they had no jersey no headgear no shin guards some of them and uh uh, they brought it, you know, there was uh, three knockouts or TKOs and there was one fight that went the distance, but they were all, you know, they were give and take the whole way. So all four fights were exciting. All those and kids trained with Roger and Trevor, right? Out of cold leg? Roger. Martin. Oh, yeah, Roger Martin. Yeah. Yeah, so that's who, uh, he was a catalyst actually. Uh, Roger Martin was a huge influence in helping us uh, uh Put that event together and helping us uh, market and sell everything and even logistics with him and trevor desjardins to uh, to help us put those fights together it was just, you know there was a lot of help from those two guys so shout out to them yeah, uh, good guys yeah uh, uh, with the amateur fights i've found there's a huge difference between amateur boxing which i think is fantastic and uh amateur mma i find that the the amateur boxing is more polished yeah, you know, typically, yeah. Um, a lot of the MMA guys, uh, unfortunately, you get um, some some kids that aren't even attached to a gym, for yeah. instance, and promoters are putting them in. You know, they train out of their garage or their shed or their, I don't know, their their basement, and they, they're really not training, so they, they don't have any kind of coaching and stuff. And then sometimes, uh, even with the coaching, uh, some of it's really watered down. You take a cat that had, you know, one fight or he trained maybe back in 2009 and then all of a sudden he's a head coach of a club and he's training guys and when they go up against somebody that's, you know, a little bit better trained and more serious about it and better coaching, um, you can have some complete mismatches in MMA. But uh, typically, you know, in boxing, uh, we're seeing guys that are uh, a little bit better coached. I mean, we do have that as well in boxing, but... Uh, Usually it's a little bit better coaching and uh, better preparation. Uh, you don't see any kids uh, do amateur boxing that train out of their basement or their garage. You have to be part of a club. It's got to be a sanctioned club with Alberta Boxing, and you know you, you have to be. Uh, it's a little bit more. Um, I guess uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Regulated. Regulated, yeah. <laughs> more regulated than MMA. Yeah, the days of street fighters putting on boxing gloves are kind of... Yeah, those were the happen. tough man contests back in the yeah. day. They'd get a couple truck drivers or, a, you know, just uh, some rig workers and they'd go throw on the gloves and fight. And those were exciting back in the 70s and it was a spectacle. But they had one of those not that long ago, a couple years ago in Calgary, so you think you can fight or whatever, right? That's I awesome. competed in that. Not, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oof, was it I don't a know. Man fight? Yeah, 12 years ago, maybe. Okay. Wow. Long time ago. You're supposed to not have any training, though, or whatever if you're yeah, fighting I, it? I lied. <laughs> I do. Uh, not very good. I got kicked out. Oh. <laughs> I did. I've done some, uh, some like biker ones and stuff like that. But you run into some big guys there, three hundred and twenty pound bikers that, if they hit you, it sucks. Yeah, and it's a whole lot of swinging, isn't it? Oh yeah, they're minute rounds, but they the guys don't stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm guessing you're an old school boxing guy. What's that? 
I said, I'm guessing that you're like an old school boxing guy. Yeah, I've been in the sport since 1980, so I was an amateur athlete. I fought professional, and I've always been involved in boxing in some capacity. Uh, I taught white-collar boxing uh, in the 90s at a, uh, a gym here in Calgary called Heaven's Fitness. It was, you know, we coined the phrase Aero Boxing, A-E-R-O Boxing. And um, it was where, back then, the only thing that was going on with white-collar studios was something called boxer size, you know, where you get a chick up in... Uh, tight spandex and a headset and she's simulating throwing punches and doing squats at the same time that kind of stuff <laughs> and I introduced uh, actual boxing training for white collar folks that was uh, everything but the contact so you didn't spar but you had you know all the techniques and boxing skills and stuff and they would throw punches at each other learn how to duck and slip and catch and parry and uh, I did that at the university as well from 91 to 94 then ever since then I've been involved at Beaumont Boxing Club um, as a, I'm a volunteer coach, we're a nonprofit club, and I've been there for a couple decades. So, I've always been involved in boxing in some capacity. And then, 2014 started actually uh, hosting my own shows. And then in 2015, uh, me and Dennis Herman hooked up for forming Dakota. Cool. You do some cutman work too, right? Yeah, I work a lot in uh, uh, MMA as a cutman. I, I'm the main guy for. Uh, Hard Knocks fighting here in Calgary and Havoc up in Emmett, or, uh, Red Deer. So um, I do hand wrapping and, and cut work for both, and I work a lot in boxing as well as a cut guy. Were you at the last Havoc? Yeah. I was How there. did I not see you? I don't know. I saw him. I'm like, uh, I'm like a ninja. I'm in and out yeah. of that ring, and uh, I'm quiet and just get my job done, and I'm out. Jesus. I didn't, I didn't do a good enough job. I didn't beat him up enough to get... Uh, Cut man in there. Well, I was out in the cage four times. I didn't see the guy once. You weren't looking for him. <laughs> What'd you think of the last fights there for Havoc? Oh, I'm so proud of those guys. You know, like uh, they they really had to do a lot of work. People don't realize what what was going on with the commission and all that stuff. And there was a lot of uh, a lot of things that they had to fix. And Jesse Fox and Ryan Mahan, uh, they you know. They, they they pulled it off. I mean, it, it was it was a little touchy uh, for a while there, and people don't understand, um, you know, what they had to go through in order to uh, to uh, get that commission reformed and, and you know put that show together. Uh, people just don't get it. You know, they don't understand. Uh, all these young guys uh, are always talking about these uh, shitty promoters and you know these uh, uh, scumbag promoters and stuff. They have no idea what's going on, and they have no idea what we deal with. Um, but those guys uh, up in Havoc, they're drawing a great crowd now. Um, they've reintroduced combat sports. You know, th there was boxing there back in the 80s, and they filled that Centrium uh, arena with uh, professional boxing. And, you know, those were big, grand shows, and to get those sellout crowds like that. And then uh, Havoc coming up and doing their thing, I think it's great for the city of Red Deer. Yeah, it works well for all of us here, especially yeah. us fighters from Red Deer. It's perfect. Well, the thing is, you know what? Everybody has to come out and support these things. Everybody wants a free ticket. Everybody wants, you know, hey, <laughs> yeah. get me in. Yeah. Buy a goddamn ticket, for Christ's sake. Like, you know, mm. help support this stuff. If you know how to sell tickets, get out there and sell tickets. Same thing with the fighters. You know, these guys, they got to understand. Um, 
the promoter gives you an avenue, like gives you a, a forum in which to showcase yourself, but you need to help out. You need to go out and sell tickets and promote yeah. yourself and, and make yourself popular. Hell, in the 80s, we had uh, uh, the Hilton Brothers uh, filling the, the Montreal Forum for a Canadian title fight. You know, 18,000 people would turn up for that. Um, Ken Lacusta versus Willie DeWitt. They filled uh, the arena up in Edmonton there at uh, Rexall. Um, you know, these were just for Canadian titles, and you got to have those local guys that really put on uh, a performance. But you know, they got to be able to sell tickets and, and make themselves, you know, into local celebrities. Tanner and I talk about that all the time. That a lot of guys don't understand the self promotion and then promoting the fight card that they're on and and getting out there and hustling. It's not doesn't matter that if you're just a really good fighter, you have to be able to have fans that want to pay for those tickets and come out and see you? Of course. You know, if uh, if I got a show coming up, uh, every conversation I have with anybody, if I'm at the supermarket and the kid is bagging my groceries, um, I'm talking boxing, I'm talking Dakota, I'm talking about the next show coming up. And, you know, everywhere I go, I talk to everybody about it. So it, it's a matter of these guys uh, having the will to go, you know, make themselves popular and go out and talk about themselves and open doors and go get people to come out and watch these events. Plus, you know, let's face it, they get incented to sell tickets when they're on a show, so why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. Amateur yeah. or pro, you can make money uh, selling tickets uh, as a commission. Yeah, that that's one thing that, I mean, I don't know the boxing, but MMA I found really changed that, I think, for the local, at least from my perspective, giving... Uh, the the fighters kickbacks on tickets and stuff when i used to fight we didn't get anything we just showed up to fight yeah a little easier though in in certain uh cities to uh sell out an event but uh sometimes when it's a tough market such as calgary you know it, it's a tough uh tough way to sell a show you got to really uh figure out how to get the word out to everybody and you know radio you get lost in translation unless you're uh spending like 40 grand on a radio campaign and who, who can do that so no whoever listens to radio ads anyway though <laughs> yeah most people skip over it right you know yeah change to the next song and so that's true uh, the old school way still is the face-to-face -face and the posters up in uh, certain centers that people are yeah. see it. gas stations all that kind of stuff and, uh, and clubs even newspapers still you know yeah mike forgive me but the genesis center is that the old Max Bell Arena, or is it no. a totally different place? Yeah, Genesis Center is uh, uh, the north end of Falcon Ridge Boulevard in the northeast. Okay. Max Bell is still a go, but uh, they won't host boxing or any kind of fight. Uh, you could bring Elvis back from the dead, and they're not going to cover their <laughs> ice. They just will not. It's a policy from the city of Calgary. They won't cover the ice. They did have boxing there uh, in the 80s and a little bit in the 90s with Dale Brown, but... Uh, they haven't. Uh, they haven't done it since. I think Mike had a, a we did a couple TSN shows for kickboxing there. Okay. Yeah. So, um, speaking of old old boxing, you would be familiar with uh, Alan Ford, Ryan Ford's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Al Ford. Not a lot of people know too much about Al, but uh, he was he was a really good boxer. Al Ford was a legitimate lightweight contender. I think he eventually got up to number four in the world. And that's back when there wasn't all these junior divisions, you know, it was, uh, I think he was around when it was like just the eight divisions and, you know, 
he he could get on a, a plane on two weeks' notice and go 12, 15 rounds with anybody. Like you know, he knew how to fight that guy, and that, that was the style back then. You know, the amateur system that they had post nineteen ninety eight or eighty eight after the Olympics with Roy Jones uh, fiasco. Uh, they changed the scoring system, and they really they they really ruined amateur boxing uh, to make that transition into the pro ranks. So they changed the whole system. But back then, you know, these guys, uh, they knew how to fight. Uh, it was sort of a semi-pro type of style. Um, you know, judges would count the jab. They would count body shots. And these guys knew how to slip and duck and, and roll and uh, those shovel hooks to the body and stuff like that. You know, they, they knew how to do that stuff. That shoulder roll that Floyd has made popular nowadays. Uh, my coach was teaching that in 1980 to us. And yeah. you know, we, we actually understood how to do it. And I know how to do it. I don't just mimic what I see, and that's the problem too. Is a lot of guys just start mimicking what they what they're watching, and they think they're doing it right. They don't understand the actual fundamentals of yeah. moves like that. I'm a shoulder roll guy. Yeah. That's my Al that's Ford, my move. Al Ford could fight. Yeah, he, yeah. He was legit, so he was a Canadian champion, I believe. Yeah, he fought. Uh, who did he fight? Percy Hales for the uh, British Commonwealth title, and I think yeah. he fought on the undercard of Fraser Foreman in uh, Jamaica. Oh wow! And uh, wow. he took that fight on short notice, and I think he went whatever it was, twelve to fifteen rounds uh, in the seventies. At one time, even the Canadian title was a fifteen-round fight. You know, you watch guys like uh, Nicky Furlano and stuff out of Toronto. Nicky Furlano would fight fifteen rounds for a Canadian title. So that's a long time to fight. Yeah, the fifteen, the fifteen threes. Yeah, forty-five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and same day weigh-in. Uh, my whole career, it was same day weigh-ins. Wow. So you guys weren't cutting much weight then. No, and I, I still don't know really all the dynamics about it. I get my information from Jesse Arnett, you know, when I have to help somebody uh, uh, cut weight and stuff. But uh, uh, you know, back then, if you were fighting at uh, one thirty-five. You know, a week before the fight, you're 140, 141, and then you're just skipping a few dinners and going for a, a couple of runs and uh, maybe uh, chewing juicy fruit and spitting <laughs> spit it in the cup. Yeah, I was gonna say when you said Beaumont Boxing Club, that that's why I thought that's where Jesse trains, right? Yeah, yeah. Beaumont has been around since 1983. I actually uh, boxed there as a youth in 1985 myself. And um, Doug Harder is the main coach there now, but he's been there since, oh boy, Doug's been there a long time. Funny enough is my very first coach was Art Pollitt in 1980 till 83, and he's the one that taught Doug how to be a coach. So wow. Knowing how to fight is one thing, but actually knowing how to teach it to others is completely different. So yeah. We've been talking we like about that for a long time. As teacher-style coaches, um, there's, you know, there's a lot of cheerleaders in boxing, I'd like to hold pads and choreograph, you know, choreograph uh, these pad routines and stuff. But we actually teach people how to box, and at our club, everything starts with the feet. The, these really long pad routines that we see, like uh, Floyd Mayweather doing, is there a purpose yeah. for them other than just conditioning? You know, I think a guy like Floyd. That, that, that's his style of doing pads, but he's all, he also brings in the pad work where he actually bangs the guy to the body or bang, bang, you know hits the big pad and stuff like that, and he actually works on things, but that's uh, a lot for the cameras. It's, uh, it's a highlight thing. Nobody wants to watch a guy uh, get up and run at 5 a.m. for one hour. 
So when they can go to the gym and they can watch them do hand pads that way, they can watch them skip really fast or hit a speed bag. That's the kind of stuff the fans want to see. And then what happens is a lot of these coaches start mimicking that, and that's their only style of hand pads. Yeah. They don't, first off, know anything about what they're doing. Their fighter doesn't fight like Floyd Mayweather. Uh, they don't know how to do the shoulder roll. They don't really understand what they're doing. And that's their only style of mitt work, so the, the boxer suffers. Yeah, I just see these really long combos on pads, and they seem very choreographed. Yeah, it is. It's all choreographed. I, I, I can teach a housewife how to look like Floyd Mayweather on pads and, and do that thing, you know, if, if I took the time to watch the YouTube video and, and yeah, digest it. But uh, it's not really how we do pads at Beaumont. We, we, we I'm, I'm looking forward to up. that video, Mike. I want to see a housewife <laughs> with you hitting pads. I, I, don't, I don't believe it. It's gonna happen now. Yeah, yeah. So that's a challenge. The spice of life throwdown challenge. <laughs> put a wig on you, Luke. We'll put a wig and skirt on you, and then uh, we'll get you hitting pads like that. So. Would be the first time I wore a wig and a skirt, but I don't think I ever hit pads. No. Do you have any cut man work coming up? Um, I'll be at the next Hard Knock show, uh, January. Uh, I'm gonna say January 26th, I believe, if that's a Friday. So there's Hard Knocks fighting in Calgary at uh, the COP Center there. Um, so I'm the main guy for that. Arnett on that? You know, Havoc is going again in May, I believe. And uh, in boxing, um, I think I'm doing cuts in a show here coming up December 29th. Because Luke and I are both on that Havoc card. Oh, you both are? Yes. Okay. January 27th is uh, Hard Knocks 53. I, I saw that this morning. Noah was fighting. Um, Again? Good for him. Okay. Yeah, so just uh, keep your hands up and you might not see me come in your corner. So I don't want to see you. <laughs> that means I'm hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to both be fighting in Red Deer in May. They said May 22nd or June, June 2nd. 2nd. They're just same so, thing. So, Tanner, you're fighting MMA or kickboxing? MMA. Apparently, uh, Steve Roy. Steve who? Steve Roy. He fought Grayson for the heavyweight title. Oh, okay. He's coming on down to 185 to get his ass whooped, so we'll okay. see what happens. Yeah, I'll be there for sure. So Nice. Have you ever had a hand wrapping by me before, uh, Luke? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, it's a treat. That's Ryan Mahan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Steph wrapped my hands for the last fight, and yeah, it was different. I liked it when it was all done. I well, Cam McConnell fought the same night up in Edmonton. Yeah, and his hands were all bruised and beat up, right? I mean, I know he—it's all he does is hit with his hands, and, and it went quite a, quite a while that fight. But I, I had commented on his picture of his bruised hands i said man you need steph Asenza to wrap, wrap your hands because my hands look great <laughs> <laughs> how do you typically wrap hands is it a cast yeah you know you got to really understand uh, again it's one of those things that if you don't really understand uh what you're doing don't do it because if you're just mimicking or if you're watching a video and you're trying to copy it you got to understand you know why you're wrapping hands uh what part of the hand you, you're trying to protect, you know, there's four main parts, obviously, is the, the knuckle portion that you're striking with, 
the back of the hand, the metacarpals, back of the wrist and the thumb. And you got to know how to tie that all in. You got to know which angle to do your, your tape and gauze at, how to apply it, you know, snug but not tight, and how to actually tape it so that it's, it's really protecting the hand. Um, yeah. My hand wrap comes out like a cast. A guy can swing for the fences uh, with confidence. You know, he's going to be able to actually uh, uh, have no issues with, with his hands. So a lot of times, you know, you're, whether boxing or MMA, you, you could hit a guy in the hip. You could hit him in the elbow, on the top of the head. Uh, you know, you could really injure your hand. You could hit with the, um, with the side of your hand or something. You know, you, you can get a lot of injuries. And a lot of guys don't get it. You know, one hand injury can cause you problems for the rest of your career. So... It's yeah. a good idea to have somebody that really knows what they're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, knock it off. Don't mimic. Just learn properly how to do it. So. Mm-hmm. That's actually really good advice. I've had my hands wrapped terribly before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, it just doesn't do feel them, right. Uh, make sure you uh, talk to the promoter, and I'll do them uh, the next uh, Havoc event. Make sure you book me because it's uh, sort of a first-come, first-served thing. And I can, I can only do so many guys in one night, but uh, it's... Uh, I got to be out uh, at cage side at the start of the pro fights. So yeah, no kidding. Cage do you set. do you do a lot of work on your own shows, Mike, or do you promote it when you're there? Like, are you in the back doing doing stuff, or are you out front being the PR guy? Oh, you know what, uh, Dennis and I, we've got our hands in any everything and every, anything. You know, from the mop to the lighting to uh, whatever. So uh, we do it. We do it all. We look like a big deal, but it's uh, it's the two of us and our wives. That, that's who runs Dakota, and um, we do it off our kitchen table. You know, Dennis puts his kids to sleep, and then he goes to work till like one or two in the morning, and then he gets up and goes to work at his job. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we do a lot. I, I used to do a lot of uh, uh, hand wrapping, even in the back on the shoals. But uh, more now that we're we're growing, I've left uh, the hand wrapping and stuff, uh, uh, cuts and all that stuff. I don't do any more of my own shows, and. Uh, you know, work in the crowd, or I could be filling up an ice tub uh, uh, for beer. So, you know, we take a whatever it takes type of attitude, and whatever we need to do, we're doing it. So. That's what I kind of meant. So on fight night, you're kind of you're out front with the crowd and making sure things run smoothly. You're not in the back, yeah, cornering or dealing with fighters at that point. Yeah, they say the devil's in the details, and that's what I live by. So, I mean, I'm watching everything. I, I'm like. Uh, the eye in the sky. I, I watch, you know, the production, the sound. I want to know exactly what's going on with everything and everybody. Uh, me and Dennis are in constant communication with each other, and we've got signals uh, worked out. And sometimes it's just a buzz on our phone. We keep it in our front pocket, and uh, you know, we make sure that everything goes off. The the way you see a Dakota show, the timing, the lights. You know, the lights go off at this moment. They go on at this moment. This type of song that comes on. Uh, that's all. Uh, pre-written and scripted before we get to the live show. Oh, nice. So when you're uh, Cutman uh, Havoc and Cutman for Hard Knocks and some of these other shows, are you you're keeping your eyes peeled, seeing what's working, what the f- fans are doing in different cities so you can uh, adjust Dakota? Um, not really. I think when I'm, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the, the show at Havoc and Hard Knocks, so I'm there to do a job, and, and I uh, I focus on, on what I got to do. Um, if I take a look around the arena and I see something I like, you know, then, you know, perhaps that's something we could discuss and, and 
talk about adding or you know something like that or sometimes it's also what not to do so you know it's uh, you see stuff that that I might look at and critique so it depends but um, uh, we've we've got our own style uh, somebody once told us that you take a page out of the NFL take a page out of uh, the WWE Michael Bay rock concert and boxing <laughs> and that is the kata. so we've got our own look we've got our, our own way of doing things and that's what does actually make us different and uh, uh, we're hearing uh, comparisons from a lot of different uh, entities you know we've heard it from uh, commissions comparisons heard it from uh, officials uh, coaches and athletes and of course fans I did watch your video you had up on Facebook for exciting stuff coming in 2017 where it's just the guy's back in the shadow and yeah it was pretty cool yeah he's uh this guy is a bit of a phenom six foot eight 300 pounds and uh, <laughs> he's a former professional rugby player so we'll introduce oh. him when the time is right but uh uh you know, looks like he's gonna do something pretty phenomenal not just in uh combat sports but maybe in the entertainment uh, world as well Oh, cool. Now I kind of want to come fight for Dakota. Well, I, I was <laughs> going to fight for Dakota in, what was that, in Cold Lake, but then oh, I yeah. had a good opportunity for that Havoc fight, and it was more in line with my goals. I mean, Mike and I were talking, so maybe in 2017, 2017. we can get some something wrong. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, we get a lot of contacts from uh, all over the place, and... Uh, we look at everybody and we thank everybody that reaches out to us and you know we uh, we want to work with guys that want to fight uh, i don't want anybody flaky I, I want guys that actually want to compete and not everybody's going to be uh 49 and 0 no and make millions of dollars um you know you can choose to be three and one after 10 years of competition or you can choose to be uh um 15 and 19 and fight for a couple titles make some money and have some glory so it's just uh, not everybody has the ability to, to go to the, the world stage and you know compete, get out there and, and have fun and uh, have some excitement and um, do something with your uh, with your career. Yeah. I'd like to be way more active. I mean, I fought three times last year and I'd buy four or five in 2017 would be awesome. It's a lot of fights. Ooh, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a 12-week training camp for every fight. I've, I've had amateurs no. tell me they need 12 weeks uh, to get ready for an amateur three-round, two-minute bout, and I just say, okay, you know. Three two-minute rounds for amateur? Oh, yeah. Oh. For for kickboxing. Is it? Or boxing. Kickboxing. Boxing? What, what is an amateur well, boxing? Boxing, you know, the novice guys, they start off three two-minute rounds and then uh, three threes when it's uh, open fighters, more than ten fights. Um, MMA is three threes to start, but, you know, compete often. Do as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where did the name Dakota come from? You know, it's an ancient uh, samurai word that means, no, just... um dennis made it up so it's a combination of a bunch of uh uh initials and he made it up um it's got a a nice sleek look to it and uh kind of a european sound to it and that's that's kind of what we are you know we, we like to think of ourselves as uh you know boxing is a finesse sport it's a gentleman's sport and um 
we think of ourselves as Formula One in Monaco. Okay. Rather than, you know, NASCAR in Kansas City. <laughs> now you mentioned that boxing is a gentleman's sport. What would you consider MMA then? It's a different demographics. It's the younger, younger crowd, 18 to 34, and it's a little bit more raw. And, you know, when you watch boxing at the highest level, uh, the guys are all in suits, uh, the promoters, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you look at uh, MMA, even at the highest level, the UFC, the promoter wears jeans and a $100 t-shirt. And it's <laughs> yeah. just, a, just a different look, the, the way the fans dress. Um, it, it's just, you know, they, they go out there jeans and t-shirts and tight sweaters and stuff like that and uh, boxing is just it's just a different crowd uh, I don't know how to explain it really but uh, boxing has always been that finesse gentleman's sport since James Corbett uh, took over from John L. Sullivan so it's did it's you see my pre-fight attire <laughs> yeah you were dressed in his suits yeah yeah we're we're trying to change the name of the game one show at a time showing up in custom suits yeah mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> You know, be be uh, be professional about it and make the the look. You know, make it look good and uh, you know, havoc. Uh, they've got a great thing up there. They they do an incredible uh, light show and uh, production package, and you know, it's uh, it's actually becoming a, a really good looking audience too. So you know, I I did see some some uh, suits and uh, uh, people dressed up out, out there. We started that about six six years ago with the with the fights. We were always. Wearing suit and ties to the venues just to watch, and the more the more yeah. times we did it, the more the crowd changed. It became a night out in Red Deer, so yeah, people see that you know, like that they get to see that it is a, a chance to put on your suit and your fur coat and your hat and go out and have a nice evening of entertainment and uh, get dressed up and you know have fun. So. Yeah, when I first started, like the cards were always full of guys wearing the shiny shirts with the affliction. And the steroids and the tattoos and the girls with their short skirts on it. It's changed a lot over the years now. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, a lot of the stuff from MMA does come from boxing, but it's still a fairly uh, young sport. I mean, it, it kind of burst on the scene in North America, 1993, and, you know, boxing is ancient. You know? <laughs> so yeah. It, it is catching up, and, and a lot of stuff has come from boxing. Um from nicknames to all even some of the rules and, and the regulation, uh, obviously with what uh, the UFC did for regulating that sport. You know, there, there was a time when it was banned in, I don't know how many states, but it was, you know, who's that politician? Uh, John McCain. Yeah. Was, you know, campaigning to get this stuff outlawed. And then now that it's legal, he was actually in an interview once uh, stating that, uh, he would have given it a try if it was around in his day. <laughs> he had actually boxed a little bit. Uh, oh. <laughs> you know, Hemingway boxed. Like, this is this is the history of boxing. Like, this is just, when I say gentleman's sport, it's just that thing where, uh, if you watch bare knuckle boxing, for instance, okay, Bobby Gunn, guys like that. That guy's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, there's there's no biting, there's no clinching, there's no knees or anything like that. It's it's just you punch. That's it. You can punch uh, anywhere in the target area, which is above the waist, and um, uh, you know, th- there's none of those other things. You know, you can't gouge the eyes, you can't twist things, you can't grab ears or any anything like that. So you know, it, it's just a 
it's a gentleman's agreement to not hit low, yeah. not to headbutt, not to bite, and not to gouge, and, and that kind of stuff. So Does Bobby Gunn have a fight coming up? Yeah, you know, uh, Roy Jones Jr. is uh, fighting Bobby, and it's uh, some kind of boxing belt of some kind. I'm not sure. You know, he blew it with us. Uh, we had Roy under contract to fight Rob Nichols uh, for a WBU belt um, up in Edmonton. We could never get him to sign his contract. And finally, when we put our foot down and, and you know, forced it, his lawyer injected himself at the last hour and came up with a bunch of ludicrous terms that we couldn't accept. And we tried all weekend. It was uh, Saturday till Sunday night. And finally, we just pulled the plug on Monday and called the show off. But it was, uh, it would have been a, it would have been a big one. It was uh, slated to go up into Edmonton, and you know we could have made that fight relevant. Dakota was was doing something with that, and we would have given Roy a proper send off, and it would have been an amazing uh, night for him. Uh, win, lose, or draw, he could hold his head high and say, "Yeah, this is the proper way to go." So many of these guys, you know, it's a psychological thing. It, it's like mental health. They they stay too long and. When they do end up leaving, usually they're not happy with the way they left the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask Oscar if he likes the way he left the game. You know, ask some of these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your thoughts on uh, Shannon Briggs? Shannon Briggs? Oh, is he even still around? Is he? Yeah. He's still kind of challenging Klitschko's and stuff like that. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's a funny video. Yeah. In the gym. Yeah, he's a... Uh, bit of a wildcat and stuff you can fight a little bit you know my coach used to say uh you, you have boxers and then you have the heavyweights yeah <laughs> and it's it's one of those things uh you get some of these guys that are fundamentally they're not they're not the best but they might have extreme power or charisma and stuff and uh they're in the mix you know that they go a lot longer and a lot and a lot a lot further just because they happen to be heavyweights. So yeah. Shannon Briggs can fight a little bit, but I think he's a little bit past his prime, and he's still relevant, I guess, uh, with his call-outs to... Well, the way he does it, he makes it exciting, you know? Yeah. He called out uh, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Mm. That guy's terrifying. Yeah. Ooh. Well, you know what? Uh, again, with these heavyweights, anything can happen. I mean, you, you your jaw can only takes so much so you get uh, two big guys swinging uh, and these are some of those super heavyweights you know the 240 to 270 kind of size heavyweights and uh, yeah so might be interesting but uh, that's uh, boxing's in a bit of a mess right now because of that heavyweight division so yeah that's, that's the king of the um, of the sport is the heavyweight division and if you don't have a recognized universally recognized heavyweight champion you know boxing kind of becomes a mess and now with floyd out you know i don't know yeah it's true somebody else has to become the next superstar no not me in boxing (laughs) well michael it was great visiting with you i i appreciate that you come on the podcast today especially on some short notice yeah, I was driving when you called me, so I raced home <laughs> to figure out how to set up Skype, and my daughter helped me, so thanks to Alyssa. Oh, thanks, Alyssa. <laughs> Tell the people why they should show up to the next Dakota show. Why you show up to our show, it's a, it's an incredible night of Las Vegas-style level of entertainment. I mean, uh, our show transcends the sport of boxing, so whether you're a fight fan or not, 
you're entertained you're on the edge of your seat we raise emotions within you that come out you know you got fear you got excitement the hairs on your neck tingle and we entertain a crowd that's that's the bottom line and we do it through a boxing show so that that's why you come out it, it transcends the sport and it's a, it's a fun safe evening for everybody of all ages so if you listeners want to find out what's coming up with Dakota, you guys can go to www.dakota.ca, I believe. Or is it called? That's right. It's D like Delta, E-K-A-D-A dot C-A. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I look forward to talking to you soon, Micah, about uh, fight, maybe. <laughs> okay, for sure. We're, we're working on it for you, buddy. Sounds great. Thanks again, Mike, and we'll be in touch. Okay, thanks, guys. Now, how do I shut this off? (laughs) Hit the end button. See you, Michael. Bye, Mike. All right, see you.